Welcome to the Lanyap Life Podcast, where we discuss the lifestyle and practical insights of living in the extra of all God's blessings. I'm here with Dick Sorensen, continuing our series on Ephesians. Today, he'll discuss the first part of chapter 4 and how it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to live in humility with gentleness and patience, showing forbearance toward one another in love. As we continue looking at Ephesians, we're going to look at the fourth chapter. And again, these are insights. If it were an in-depth study, we would uh, take us ten times as long. So I'll, I'll read this first section and comment it as we go. And here Paul is speaking, chapter 4, I therefore, the prisoner, the captive of the Lord, I entreat you, I encourage you, I invite you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. The word walk there means to live in a consistent way and do that in a manner that is worthy of the invitation to which you and I have received and the privileges and benefits to which we've been given in the kingdom. And we do this in verse 2 with all humility and gentleness along with patience, and then showing forbearance to one another in love. So this is the insight. You know, God, how, how do we live together with humility, gentleness, patience, showing forbearance to one another in love? Well, it's only by the Spirit of the Lord his life that he's imparted to us that we received from him when we were born again, when we were begotten from the Father, and we received the benefits and the privileges of that life from him. And it manifests itself that way as we continue to live consistently by his Spirit. And then in verse 3, it says, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, in the bond of peace. Now, the interesting thing, it doesn't say create the unity of the Spirit. It says being diligent to preserve, to receive and allow the unity of the Holy Spirit to begin to manifest itself in our lives in such a way that humility, gentleness, patience, and forbearance, and God's love are seen. And it's in the bond of peace. means the Holy Spirit will produce peace that will be like a ribbon around us and a, like that present. You wrap it up with peace, the, what he's giving to us. 
So there, verse 3, there is one body, one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. Of all who is over all, he is over all, he is through all, and he is in all. So, <laughs> there's not a different uh, body divided up all over the world. There's one body that has many different parts to it, but all are a part of the one and same body. And there's only one Holy Spirit. There are not different spirits of this part of the body and that part of the body. Uh, the body over in Asia has a different spirit. No, it's all the one same Holy Spirit who also uh, we are all called to one calling. We have one invitation to one kingdom of God with all of its privileges, benefits, and responsibilities. And there's one hope. The hope is Christ in us, <laughs> the hope of glory. The total completion of all that we can be and are that are promised to us. So we have that one hope. Things in the future based on the promises is what our hope is. And there's our calling is how we personally fit into the kingdom of God and what God's plan and purpose is for us to use us to manifest this one body on this earth through his one spirit, him being the one Lord, and there's only one faith. It's his faith in us that produces life as we walk by faith and not by sight. And we're only, there's only one baptism. <laughs> now, sometimes we think, well, I'm baptized into this church. No, we're baptized into the Lord Jesus Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're baptized into his death, burial, and resurrection. Into the experience of what he has done, we get to participate and partake of and receive all that's involved in that because there's only one baptism of which we get to participate. And there's only one God and Father. Interesting. One divinity and Father. So God is a Father. He's not just an almighty power. He's not just a being that's far and away and has standards of which we have to meet. And if we don't meet them, too bad. No. He is a Father, one, the one Father that we all have, that we're all 
born again from part of this one family, this one body. And he is over all. He's above all, (laughs) beyond all. He contains all. Not everything else contains him. And he is through all. The power, the energy, the life that is present (laughs) wherever it is in the universe is him. He is the one who holds all things together. It's him through all things and in all things. So he can be above (laughs) and surround all things and he can be within all things. Every minute part, subatomic part, and bigger than and beyond and containing the whole universe and everything that runs and moves and functions throughout it. That's who he is. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay, now bring it all this back down to us as an individual. To each one of us, as we receive that calling into this one body, receive that life, and as we're beginning to live it out consistently in a daily basis, you and I have begin have been given grace. God's not just unmerited favor towards us, but everything that we need to be able to respond, function, and live and thrive within this body, within this family, within this calling. We've been given grace by him, and it's according to a particular measure of Christ that he gives to each one of us. So the measure that I need, the measure that you need, is unique for each one of us, according to Christ. The measure of Christ. He is the fullness. He's received all. All He received all of the grace of God and as pouring it out and dispensing it to each one of us. In verse 8, Therefore, he says, When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. These different portions. When he ascended on high, wow, after the death, after the burial, there was resurrection. And he came, was raised from death and Hades and the place of captivity that death and the power of death sent and he who had the keys and control of death and that was Satan. When Jesus descended from heaven and came to earth, 
<laughs> and lived his life, and he descended into the lower depths, the lowest part of that where captivity, death was holding souls of those who had died captive, Jesus entered in. And when he ascended, he led captive the hosts of captivity. Those who were, he led, he took captive death itself and has been given the keys to death in Hades and has unlocked that door and led all of those who were in captivity free back to the Father. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had first descended into the lower parts of the earth? The word there, lower, has to do with the lowest depth and it's a term for Hades. He had, he who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all of the heavens. Notice heavens plural, above all. How many are there? Doesn't matter. <laughs> all, total, all of them. In order that he might fill all things. So, Fill all things with what? With life, with grace, with peace, with hope, with freedom, with joy. To fill all things to the particular purpose to which it was created for. And in verse 11, he then gave some of these gifts as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. And he, he gave, so part of the gifting that he gave is these five different ministries or services in the body Wherever it is, in the body, there are these ministries or services that are gifts of God's grace that he poured out through Christ with the Holy Spirit, applying them and directing them in our lives. And he does this in verse 12 for the purpose of equipping the saints, that is, believers, those who are called, those who are invited and respond and receive their inheritance in the family of God. And they are being equipped for specific services, energy being expended of service to benefit to the building up 
of the body of Christ. A body grows. If it's healthy, it grows. And it uh, becomes, uh, as it grows, every part supplies the next part. Every cell gives and receives from the cells around it. And the giving and receiving keeps everything healthy. And there's growing together and maturing together and functioning together. And the part down in the toe has life that it shares together with the uh, part up in the ear, but they don't function the same. They're not even touching one another, but they're receiving the same one life, the same one spirit, the same one blood flow. They're a part of the whole, but they're individually unique. And as they function, they build up and bring benefit to every other single part in the body. And it says this will be continuing in verse 13 until we all, all in the body, all attain, reach, uh, to the unity of the faith. We will attain the unity of the faith. Now, up here earlier it said there's, uh, we are preserving the unity of the Spirit. It's how we respond to the Spirit that preserves that, and therefore how we respond to one another in humility, gentleness, patience, forbearance, through love. But now, as we're ministering and functioning in this life, in this body, in this world, we will actually be attaining or producing the unity of the faith. My faith that I'm functioning, your faith that you're functioning, is the faith of God. His faith that he produces in us so that we can function uniquely, but it strengthens and builds up each one. And as that continues to happen, there will be a maturing to the complete stature that I, it was designed to be. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. The word knowledge there is uh, the full understanding and acknowledging and perception. So you may have a knowledge of something, but it's not the full knowledge. Um, there, for instance, there's a mechanic, <laughs> and that mechanic has knowledge of the machine that he is um, working with and servicing and functioning, keeping to function. But uh, there's a f- full knowledge of mechanics of a particular part, means that he has been at it for a long time. He has learned every minute detail, and he has full knowledge. Sometimes we call those master mechanics. So, until we attain 
the unity of the faith and of the full knowledge of the Son of God. <laughs> that means not just information about him, but full experiential knowledge of Jesus, our God, the Holy Spirit, and a mature man. We become complete. That mature there means come complete. Fulfill every part that has been designed. And to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Well, that's what his plan is, and that's what he's constantly working at through his one body. Individual, unique parts, each one. And he has ways of doing that <clears throat> to help build that up, service it, maintain it, keeping it function till it's totally mature and functioning uh, without, uh, what would you say, uh, weakness or corruption in any way. Or as another part of the scripture says, without spot or blemish. So as a result, in verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be children. <laughs> so he said, as a result of all of this, we are a babe when we're first uh, born of God, per begotten from him. We're first a little baby. And then we become a child, like a toddler. And then, as we continue to grow and mature and be nurtured in, in Christ and in uh, his love and his faith flowing in and through us by the Spirit, uh, we become teenagers <laughs> in the Lord. And then uh, we become a full-grown, mature adult and and then we continue to grow, continue to fulfill the complete purpose for which we were produced and called. And it says, as a result, we won't be babes. It's termed children. We won't be little children. As a result, we are no longer to be little children in the Lord who are tossed about here and there like waves and were carried about by every wind of teaching or doctrine that's coming along or by the trickery or the snares of men by craftiness in deceitful scheming. And where does that come from? Well, really, it comes from the enemy of our soul, Satan, who does that through the spirit of this age, the spirit that's in the world, and the systems that operate. But we are speaking the truth in love. We no longer are to grow up in all, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. That word speaking the truth would be more living 
in such a way that the truth of Christ in us is seen and manifest because of his love that's flowing through us. And we grow up in him, all aspects of him, all uh, multifacets of who he is. He is the head. Then that's Christ who is the head. And we're being directed, we're being matured, we're being loved, cared for, and directed in and through and by him and the Holy Spirit flowing in our life. And from whom, see, from whom, in him, the head, and from whom, him, the whole body, on earth or in heaven now, on earth or in heaven, the whole body is being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, it causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So this life to which you and I have been called uh, has all kinds of promises which are going to be fulfilled in a very unique way with each one of us individually, but all of that fits together and supplies and builds the whole body. Not, not just my time of living on this earth, but it's the whole body throughout all of time. And so you and I have been called <laughs> and we've been invited and with the invitation, there's privileges, benefits, but there's that life that is imparted and given that the Holy Spirit will begin to produce and continue. We continue to live and walk in that. And it has effects with the whole body of Christ because of how he holds it together, works with it, and how he uses that to affect this fallen creation that he is planning on redeeming in every way. So we'll, we'll stop here and then continue the second half of this at the next setting. Um.